Along the journey of aging, finding the right care solution can be confusing and overwhelming. Understanding the differences between care settings, including assisted living and nursing homes, can help older adults and caregivers find the right solution to meet their specific care needs. Hello, everyone. I'm Cheryl Musial, and welcome to My Care Advisors. In our podcast episode, Assisted Living versus Nursing Homes, what are the differences? We are joined by Becky Bongiovanni. Becky is a brand president for Care Patrol and is a certified peer recovery specialist and certified senior advisor. Welcome, Becky. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Cheryl. Becky, can you please explain to our listeners a few of the main differences between assisted living and nursing home services? Yes, uh, it's a very common question. You know, nursing homes are really more of an institutional setting and they focus more on heavy medical assistance for chronic complex conditions. So um, when you look at nursing care, you see two separate types. There's uh, short-term nursing, which what we also call rehabilitation uh, services. And then there's long-term nursing which is more of that custodial care, which is helping with activities of daily living. And um, nursing homes are really the oldest form of a care community. They've been around for hundreds of years. And assisted living, the difference with assisted living is it's a newer modern approach. Um, And assisted living has been around uh, since the early 1900s. So doesn't have as many legs on it as as a nursing home does. But what I love about assisted living is it's a home-like environment. And really, the concept of assisted living is to help support an individual's independence, where in a nursing home, it feels more institutional. You feel a little bit more control. Assisted living is all about you being as independent as you can for as long as you can. But there are caregivers there so that when you can't do things and you need some help, they're there to help you. In a community like this, uh, you know, there are many different levels of care and assisted living is licensed differently in every state, whereas nursing care is really, you know, the same across uh, all the states, the same same uh, licensure type. Um, so uh, assisted living is more of a person-centered approach and it's really based on individual needs. Thank you, Becky, for explaining those differences. I didn't realize how long nursing homes and assisted living communities have been providing services to those who need care needs. So that was very interesting. Thank you. So thinking of that, what are the types of assisted living communities or senior living that is also called the typical services? You mentioned a little bit about that, some of the amenities, maybe the average costs and ways to pay for services. Yeah, there's a whole spectrum of assisted living, and I'll start with the the least amount of care, maybe to the highest amount of care. So a lot, uh, one of the most popular type that you see, and we we call it independent living, or uh, it's like a retirement community, um, and that's because there are not, there really are no caregivers on staff. But these are communities that are set up for older adults to really um, have fun and live in a a safe environment, but the whole premise of an independent community is, I like to think of it like a cruise ship on land. You get to move in, you get a a great room to yourself, but you don't have to clean and cook for yourself. There are people there that will do that for you. And all you have to do is think about what fun activities do I want to do today? Um, And they've got a broad array of activities. So it's really great for um, uh, socialization. 
Um, and so, you know, people tend to look for independent living communities when they are trying to downsize and simplify their life. They may have just lost a loved one. And so it's a great way to, um, you know, make some new friends. And um, these communities offer uh, not only social opportunities, but they have senior friendly surroundings. So they're usually uh, handicap accessible. There's transportation. So if you're somebody that you can do everything for yourself, but you don't like to drive, uh, that's a great community to be in because you can have scheduled transportation. There's lots of amenities, restaurants, happy hour, lots of fun things going on. There's a beauty and barbershop, a, a, a salon there. Uh, fitness centers, and so much more. Really, there's a lot of unique properties out there. Um, and so these communities can be as low, uh, you know, for your monthly rent as uh, $1,500, depending on what state you're in. And some of these communities are what are called continuing care retirement communities. And so you, you, it's like buying a house. You pay a lot of money you buy into the property and the idea is, is that community will be there for you for the rest of your life. Um, and it has a full continuum of care. So within that community, it's independent, then they have assisted, they have memory care and they have skilled nursing. Um, the only trick of that is you have to be 100% healthy to move into a, a continuing care retirement community. If you have any disease uh, process like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, uh, that would disqualify you from being accepted. So that's the first uh, one. The second level is assisted living. And assisted living looks very much like independent living. Um, and they, they come in many different shapes and sizes. Um, so again, assisted living is licensed differently in every state. And when I talk about pricing, you have to keep that in mind that it's a little different from state to state as well. But um, you can, you know, you can have a spacious two-bedroom apartment in an assisted living community, or it could just be a small private home where you have a private bedroom or even a shared bedroom. Um, and assisted living offers, again, that independence, but you get um, a lot of social activities. The main difference is there are caregivers there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And by, um, by state regulation, they're all required to provide meals and laundry. Um, so that has to be included as well. And the price ranges uh, can start at around uh, $3,000 a month. Um, so if you're looking at an in-home caregiver for 24 hours a day or assisted living for 24 hours a day, assisted living is, is a lot more affordable. The third type is memory care, and memory care falls under the licensure of assisted living. And what makes memory care unique is you um, are going to see that there's a lot more caregivers, a better staff uh, to resident ratio with the caregivers, because um, people who have memory impairment, they really need caregivers to partner with them to make every day successful. It's not about just having somebody cook your meal, but it's about knowing that it's time to eat, remembering that it's time to eat, right? So in memory care, you need um, lots of cues and promptings and reminders. Uh, you have to remember that it's time to get dressed and it's time to take a shower. So the caregivers um, are there and they have a robust activity schedule because that muscle, when you're, even though your mind doesn't have memory, the muscle memory, the routines, right, of getting up at certain times, and going to bed at certain times really help make uh, an individual's day successful when they have memory care. 
And memory care is one of the uh, more expensive types of care because you do need a lot more support and services. So we see that memory care can start at around $5,000 a month. Finally, we have nursing care. Nursing care is the highest level of care on that spectrum. And that's because you're getting medical treatments. Um, and sometimes you need, uh, it could be ventilator care. So you couldn't have that type of care in a, in a community. You need to be in a more medical environment. You may need um, IV therapies. And what's interesting to know is that in many states now, um, assisted living regulations um, have, they've kind of lifted some things to say that you can bring some medical treatment into assisted living as long as you have uh, home health there to help you. So a lot of times um, people think that they need a nursing home, but you should check uh, with your state with your uh, with a local care advisory company like Care Patrol, um, and we can tell you uh, what the regulations are in your state, so that you know what what all of your options are. And nursing care is the most expensive; it can start at around eight thousand dollars a month. Becky, thank you for sharing those different levels of care that's available. I was wondering if you could briefly highlight some of the ways or options that individuals and caregivers can pay for these different levels of care from independent to senior living, memory care, and even skilled nursing care? Uh, great question. And, um, you know, a lot of times people are confused and they feel that they believe that Medicare or Social Security is going to pay for all of their future needs. And that's just not true. So when it comes to um, independent living or even assisted living or memory care, those are all really uh, paid for out, that you have to pay for those out of your own pocket. Remember that word I said earlier, custodial care. Medicare actually says that custodial care is the responsibility of the family. So, what is custodial care? That's helping with uh, grooming, dressing, showering, uh, feeding, medication management. Um, those are all the things that we take for granted that we're doing right now. But as we get older, we might need some help with that. And it's good to know that Medicare and Social Security do not pay for that. So um, so you have to plan for, for retirement. And so that's the first step is it's gonna be a lot more expensive than you realize. So you, for whatever you're making, you need to start putting something away. The second thing is you need to really consider purchasing a long-term care insurance policy because those are great and uh, they pay for your care should you need it when you're older. Here's the key though, you have to purchase it before you need it. So ideally you should be thinking about purchasing a policy in your 30s and 40s uh, where it's more affordable because once you're maybe 70 or 80, you may be ineligible to purchase that. Um, thirdly is if you're a veteran, uh, you can uh, benefit from the Veterans Aid and Attendance Program. There is some criteria to it, um, but uh, many people uh, qualify under the Aid and Attendance to uh, pay for their future care needs, which is wonderful. And um, there is also um, a Medicaid program, and Medicaid is federal dollars that are given to each of the states to manage separately. So Medicaid, the Medicaid program looks a little different in every state, but basically, what we like to think of it as is crisis planning. You have to have a high amount of care needs. So you need a lot of care and have to have very low income, under $2,000 in assets and under $2,000 in income. So um, it, you really have to be, uh, you know, qualify for that to get that. And then something interesting to know about skilled nursing is, you know, Medicare will pay 
for some rehabilitation services in skilled nursing. Now that is just temporary, that doesn't last forever. Um, so they'll only pay a certain amount of that for a certain portion of time. And of course you have to medically qualify for that. Um, so that is where people get confused. Um, Medicare does pay for nursing home, but it's only if, I'll use an example, if you've fallen and broken a hip and you need some time in rehabilitation to get stronger from that broken hip, they'll pay for that portion of it. But after that, they're done. Um, so it's so important to start saving. That was very insightful. I think it really is confusing to so many of us. And so thank you for outlining what may be possible for each one of those care settings. I wanted to shift the conversation in thinking about how can caregivers really start that discussion with their loved one or family member if additional support is needed to meet their care needs? Oh, this is a very common question. And um, I like to take it from two angles because what I like to ask family members when they're asking me this question is, where is, where is your mom or dad at cognitively right now? Um, because this is a very difficult conversation to have. And what you don't want to do is put a lot of undue stress on a person who's, who is impaired cognitively. Um, they won't be able to, to keep up with your conversation. You know, trying to rationalize with someone who is easily confused can be challenging. And uh, when someone has dementia, they struggle uh, more with just memory loss. Many times they also have a loss of insight, judgment, and reasoning. So without these abilities, sound decision-making and perception are compromised. So you have to know that. So the decision to move a loved one into a care community who has um, cognitive impairment like dementia, Alzheimer's, um, here are some things for you to consider as the caregiver, because this is something where people feel a lot of guilt. And we all make those promises to ourselves, right, that we're never going to put our parents in the care community because it sounds terrible. But what we have to remember is that if your parent or your spouse, maybe it's your spouse, could understand the amount of care that's required to take care of them, they wouldn't want you to bear this alone. And that we, uh, you can't let guilt hold you back from getting your loved one the care that they need. And as the primary caregiver, it is so important that you tend to your health and you continue to be there for your loved one. And that means that you can enlist other people to help you. And you must do that because caregiving is a very lonely and very stressful environment. Just because you're a family member doesn't mean you should be a caregiver. And I think that's empowering to admit that sometimes because that's hard to it's hard to uh, admit that. Remember, as a primary caregiver, our job is to prevent harm. So it means that we have to make a decision for our spouse or our parent when they're not able to make a decision for themselves. And I always say it's helpful to enlist uh, somebody that's important to you in your life or in that care care, the person who needs care in their life. So it could be uh, a physician, it could be a clergyman, um, it could be an elder care professional like Care Patrol, because there are people who are there to help you on your journey. Um, you don't have to do this alone. Um, now, for those who are not suffering cognitive impairment, I do think it's important that we allow people, you know, aging, it's, it doesn't sound nice to say this, but there's a lot of losses that come with aging. And we have to understand that it's part of, um, it's like a grieving process, right? You start to lose your independence 
And um, people can go through different uh, different phases of the grieving process as they're aging. And so as children or as uh, maybe it's a spouse even, we need to be understanding. And I like to say that um, we should really have several small conversations with people. Take an incremental approach. Uh, don't try to solve all the problems at once. Um, for example, maybe you start with hiring a temporary caregiver uh, to come in and help with some things, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed and the other person isn't able to do it. And then really let talk about prevention. When I'm talking to the older adult, I like to share with them uh, that I want to know what their goals are for their life. And most people want to be as independent as they can for as long as they can. And I think that's a goal that we can all align with. And what's very eye-opening to people is that what they don't always think about is that if you don't start taking, making those small interventions to get the help when you need it, you will lose your independence. Um, but as you, if, if, as long as you're bringing in those interventions to help you, that's how you maintain control and dignity of your own life. So I think having an empowering conversation about what that individual's goals are and then kind of walking them, you know, down the path of, well, we, you, mom, I know you have Parkinson's. And what we've learned today from the doctor is that there's many phases to Parkinson's. And at the end stage, you might be completely dependent on someone. So I would like to, you know, have a conversation with you when you're ready about what that looks like you're, as you're starting to progress and the disease starts to change. Let's talk now about things, how, how what you want your life to look like so that I can respect your wishes. That empowers that person who needs care. It makes them feel like they're in charge and they don't feel like things are being taken away from them. Um, and the other thing is, you know, put yourself um, in their shoes and also try to have them put themselves in your shoes. Mom, I'm really worried about you when I work late and I can't come and visit you. And I'm worried that you're on the floor. I don't know if you've eaten that day. Uh, and I know you wouldn't feel good if, if if the roles were reversed. So how can I help you? Though Those are my suggestions for starting the conversation. Such great insight and really words to live by is how do you help maintain the dignity and the quality of life of the person that you love and what their wishes are? And I was wondering, you, know, you mentioned a little bit about people to enlist on your side or to just have discuss what the options, the best care solutions may be. What questions should older adults and their caregivers ask their physician or their healthcare professionals to really better understand what the best care solution may be for them? Well, that's another great question that I feel is a very common misconception about healthcare professionals. Healthcare professionals are really good at understanding illnesses and disease management. What they're not so good at, well, I shouldn't say they're not good at, but they have a very limited knowledge of the, all of the uh, communities uh, that are out there and all of the different levels of care because they're not in, in and out of those communities all the time. They're, they're focusing on what they're uh, good at, right? And so what I recommend is definitely talk to your, you, you need to see your doctor and you need to know what your illnesses are and find out maybe, especially if it's a disease process, what is the long-term effects and what might you be limited in doing to understand it from that angle, but to really understand what type of solution is going to meet your need the best, I recommend using a care advisory company like Care Patrol um, because 
we're going to find out what all of your medical needs are, your social needs, your personal needs. And we have a deep knowledge of over 20,000 assisted living providers across the United States. Uh, we have a complete profile on all of their care, their care history, what they, uh, everything that they provide. So it really saves you time and money of having to go around and find this yourself because even doctors use a service like Care Patrol because they don't know how to find it either. Um, and so um, that would be my advice is that know, know your healthcare needs and know what that looks like long-term and then start putting together a plan. And one of that, one of those would be having somebody help you. Don't do this alone. It's too big of a job. Thank you, Becky. And this has been so helpful, I believe, for our listeners who are navigating the journey of aging either themselves or with someone they love. I just wanted to end. Any further thoughts you would like to share with our listeners about this journey that they're on in choosing assisted living or finding the right care solution? It, it's tough. And there's no perfect solution. And I, I think everybody needs to understand that. Everybody has a very unique journey on aging. And um, you just don't want to do this alone. Um, but one thing you do want to do is take action. Don't procrastinate. Um, many times when I'm meeting with families, safety is an issue because they've procrastinated. So um, it could be somebody is being exploited or somebody is in perilous conditions. Um, somebody's been wandering from the house. And as when it's your family, uh, sometimes you you kind of take it for granted and don't see the seriousness of it. Uh, but you never want to be in a position where you regret something later. Um, and so it only takes uh, a few minutes to pick up the phone and call and get the answers that you need. And we're here to help you. Thank you, Becky, for sharing your insight with our listeners today and helping us better understand the differences between an assisted living community and a nursing home. To view resources, show notes, and access more My Care Advisors episodes, visit MyCareAdvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this thought. Aging is a privilege. Living life to its fullest is a choice. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.